0: At least half of the decent-paying jobs in this country right now, especially in our state, require a drug test. Not for the law, but for the insurance that the company has to run for whatever piece of machinery you're operating.
1: Welcome back to the Interview Podcast and the Wine Milbank Podcast Network here in Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg.
0: Yes. So, uh, this
1: isn't... Not quite Art Bell, <laughs> but... But the late night episode of the interview uh, with the uh, state senator, John Wick uh, is with us. Um, You last week, I think it was, you reached out and said, hey, we got something big coming down the pipeline uh, regarding COVID-19 funding for uh, businesses and nonprofits and such. uh, And let's talk about it. So you as the chair... Of the Appropriations Committee, the yes. Senate Chair. Yes. Sorry, Senate Chair. Yes. Um, have some info for us. First off, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you
0: for having me. I really appreciate uh, you uh, reaching out or uh, you uh, reaching back when I reached out to you and, and offering some time to talk about this. This is a huge deal. Uh, you and I are both uh, relatively speaking small government guys. So when a billion dollars comes into Whew. the state. $1.25 billion. actually, with some of the other grants from uh, some of our uh, other, like uh, Board of Regents and, and higher education, uh, there's a total of $1.4 billion that has come into the state from the federal government. And uh, we've had to uh, make sure that uh, we have the uh, bookkeeping done correctly to spend that money. And then we had to, as a, a legislature, the governor reached out to us and said, uh, you know, we'd like to uh, uh, work together and uh, implement a few uh, plans to spend the money properly. So we uh, dug through the guidance. Of course, when the federal government hands out money, Mm -hmm. there are always strings attached. (laughs) No. Yes. So with the uh, guidance, there's eight pages of rules and 16 pages of frequently asked questions so you have to dig through the entire guidance and are frequently asked questions and just for a little backstory obviously this uh, the cares act passed uh, earlier this year and it's been a while and people were wondering well why didn't you uh, act right away well first of all the guidance was changing daily mm-hmm uh, there were all sorts of rules that, that just didn't make sense, and people hadn't interpreted them very well. And then finally, when the guidance started changing less regularly, uh, we sat down and and, and dug through everything and, and thought, well, this most people in the back of their minds, whether they said it or not, was thinking this, this whole COVID thing was going to be gone by July, August. Easter. Summer, you know? There were some who said Easter, yes, but I mean, realistically, there there were people who thought, well, this is just going to move through mm-hmm. and and some people are going to catch it. Unfortunately, with every new disease that comes down the pipeline, um, uh, some people are going to pass away. and um, we're we're going to uh, move on and and rebuild and and be back stronger. And it's taken a lot longer than than people initially thought. And I was one of those who said, I think we should wait because we're going to get an extension to spend this money, and then we can uh, sit down and, and come up with ways to really equip South Dakota to be stronger to prevent this much economic harm from happening again. Hmm. I mean, when you take a look at our uh, our uh, livestock economy, the and it directly affected a lot of the grain farmers as well, but our livestock economy with the f- shutdown of the the plants, the Smithfield plant in Sioux Falls, all of the, the meatpacking plants throughout the nation, when you walk into a grocery store in Milbank, South Dakota, and don't find any hamburger or hardly any meat at all, that's a problem. And, and that's something that, that we're going to work towards fixing in the long term. And I'd really like to spend some time to come up with, okay, what do we need to change? There's obviously... Uh, Federal laws that need to change, because right now, if you're operating a meat processing facility, anytime you're cutting meat, processing meat um, that's sold under USDA guidelines, you have to have a USDA inspector on site. And you have to pay their paycheck. Really? Yes. So... Uh, There's one at uh, Dakota Butcher. They just are in the process of expanding down in Watertown. Hmm. Watertown, Clark, that whole area. They they had talked about it. I don't know if they made the decision yet, but then they would be able to sell direct. If you go to any butcher shop, unless they have a USDA inspector there, the meat you're buying came off a meat truck from a USDA inspected facility.
1: Right, because if they process it from the animal... It's all marked not for sale.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's the difference. Now, I'd like to find a way to get South Dakota's health inspectors uh, on an even playing field with USDA. Some of the people that are in the meat processing end processing of things believe that South Dakota standards are higher than USDA to begin with.
1: What's it take to get there?
0: We're working on that, and it's going to take some time to figure it out, and we might need a federal law change to get that done. And well, you know how, how easy and fast that is. Oh, so there's no way we could really dive into that to solve the problem correctly by December 30th. So that's one of the things that we're taking to session. And, and uh, I have worked with a lot of our West River legislators. Um, my uh, co-chair and seatmate is Ryan Maher from Isabel and uh, Timberlake, South Dakota. He is uh, heavily involved. I mean, that is the world out there. And uh, he's also a a restaurateur and a grocery store owner. And he's going to work with us to try and uh, work with some of the other ranching legislators and come up with a better plan to uh, get... I'd like to start a grant program or something for people that want to expand and can't to uh, either have a grant or a a low-interest loan that they can get quickly from the state. Or... um, Start working with ways to get more people involved in the uh, meat processing industry because, let's face it, the the market has gotten us to a place where it's all big meat processors and faraway lands, you know, Sioux Falls, Sioux City. And if you're sitting in Faith, South Dakota, you've got a haul. There's a lot of it that goes to like Green Bay, Wisconsin for beef processing. That's crazy. And let's keep our beef at home. We raise better beef than just about anyone in the world. Let's keep it at home. And there's a lot of reasons to do that. So that's one of the reasons that I would have liked to see an extension on this so we could do a few things better. But when we realized that in an election year where things are this dysfunctional in the federal government, uh, we stepped up and said, we need to move forward and get this money spent because if we don't spend it by December 30th, it's gone. They have. We have to send it back. I mean, this is uh, Willy Wonka and the the, the <laughs> chocolate chocolate factory. Or, uh, it, better yet, I I use the uh, the movie Brewster's Millions. Are you familiar with that one? I don't. Think it's so. a Richard Pryor movie from nineteen eighty five or six. I can't remember.
1: Okay, I was like seven.
0: Yeah, well, I was old enough to remember it. Um, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> in in Brewster's Millions it, it's actually a, a book that was written in the 20s under a different name and it was a plot by uh, a rich old uncle who had a, a kind of a shall we say lackluster nephew
1: Ooh.
0: who um, was never amounted to much, okay And he had a, a huge fortune. And the premise of the movie was, he inherited $30 million, and he had 30 days to spend it, and he couldn't show one asset for it.
1: So just blow
0: it. Right. He had to absolutely blow it, but he couldn't have one thing to show for it. He <laughs> what had about to, the
1: tan? Come he, on.
0: He had to rent clothes. He couldn't buy clothes. The <laughs> only thing he could have when he walked out of there at the end of 30 days was the clothes he walked in there with. And the idea was it was to make you hate spending money so much that when you got the rest of the $350 million, you wouldn't <laughs> blow it. And it was hilarious. I mean, he ended up running a political campaign. Oh, brother. And <laughs> when he realized he was polling high enough to win, he changed his whole thing to vote none of the above. <laughs> you wouldn't want me running, oh, running, I think, for mayor of New York City. And he said, "You wouldn't want me running this show. Vote for none of the above." And none of the above won, and that means they had to redo the election. It was <laughs> it was just an awesome movie, and I recommend you watch it, but uh, maybe after the kids go to bed because it ah. is Richard Pryor. Well, there you have it.
1: Okay. All right, covid.sd.gov. So, so, is the so website. yes,
0: that's the way I looked at so, our situation, yep. and now I'll segue back into the covid.sd.gov. Uh, we were left with after the uh, the guidelines and the FAQs. And the already approved expenses, uh, we were looking at about $597 million remaining of the $1.4 billion that weren't already committed or spent.
1: So is that just half a billion dollars uh, play money that you, that you just get to throw about as, at will, or were there pretty strict guidelines that you had to follow?
0: There's some pretty strict guidelines. We cannot replace our lost revenue at the state of South Dakota gotcha we cannot replace lost revenue in the city of millbank and we cannot replace lost revenue in grant county we can replace lost revenue in small businesses with some sort of a small business plan a small business relief package
1: was that stipulated like yes. what that plan needed to look like to be appropriate no,
0: no. It was that so. Was a so it could have been a first area. come, first
1: serve. How much you need, up to a limit. All right, here you go. I mean, right. it could have been that simple. It could have been that simple. Well, come but on, let's do that. We did. <laughs> That's
0: basically what we're doing. And at uh, uh, roughly noon today, uh, we we got the website live, and everything is going right now to where you can go on to covid.sd.gov and apply. And uh, there's four hundred million dollars set aside for small business. Now remember, this has to balance. We can't just go whhe" and hand out five hundred and ninety seven million dollars and realize there's nothing left for hospitals or uh, nonprofits or uh, startups or uh, uh, other community based health care providers or acute care hospitals. so um uh, we had to lay out a budget for the rest of the five hundred and ninety seven million dollars hmm. so. $400 million to uh, small businesses. Now, when when you've read some of the things I've read, there's estimates anywhere from, uh, let's say, roughly a billion to $2 billion of lost revenue, lost economic activity within the state of South Dakota. Ah. So there's no way $400 million is going to fill the hole completely. Mm-hmm. We know that. But it is the lion's share of what we have left, because in South Dakota, our businesses are our tax collectors.
1: Yes, uh, we are. Yes, you are, and we've, and had, we we've have, had that conversation. We've before had that conversation, as
0: well. and uh, I, I will always have that conversation with you because I appreciate the conversation. Um, we are uh, we're partners in in operating South Dakota. If you do business here, mm-hmm. as well, you know, uh, you collect and remit the 87% of what the government operates on here in the state of South Dakota for our general fund dollars. And we very much appreciated, And we're doing everything we can with the lion's share of the money that's left to uh, help businesses that were hurt the most by the uh, shutdowns or whatever you did on your own because there was no direct um, knee on your back coming down from the state of South Dakota saying you must close, you must do this, you can do that, you can't do this. So you were given a lot of freedom to get creative, whether you wanted to keep your restaurant open, do just takeout, do just uh, curbside or limited seating. I mean, it, it was all up to what uh, you Assuming
1: th- the cities didn't impose assuming, city, city ordinance. Correct.
0: Assuming like uh, Yankton and now uh, Brookings and, you know, some of the cities did. Did Millbank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Milbank they they,
1: they shut down indoor dining uh, for a while right okay. away, early on, All uh, right. and then opened that back up to limited. Oh, that's right. I remember so that. Then, now.
0: So anyway, so a lot of towns did that for a little bit, and then how you came out of that was kind of your own decision. Mm-hmm. And some just kept doing just curbside, some cut back their hours. I mean, there, there, there was a lot of different things that people did, but either way, they were harmed. And the way this by, is, by no fault of their by own by no fault of their own. So what we're trying to do with the lion's share of the money that's that's left is four hundred million dollars. Um, if my fingerprints are on this at all, it is in the simplicity. Hmm. Uh, we want we we had to have some guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't just we throwing the money in the air and seeing who caught it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I I've said this on the record many times already. I I don't want this to go to whoever had the has the best accountant or the best tax attorney. I want this very simple. So it's uh cash flow 2019 minus expenses versus cash flow 2020 minus expenses uh and then subtract any federal grants, not loans you have received.
1: So and, you- and that would primarily be uh, the PPP, the PPP Paycheck protection program,
0: and uh, the most of the the other SBA type loans, uh, would be not considered for this against this because they, they, would they not are count against it's a loan you have they're to a pay loan. back. Correct. Yes. So if if you borrow money to keep your business open, I don't think that should count against you.
1: No, because as we've talked in the past, a loan to replace lost revenue is a foolish business decision (laughs) and be and 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 so and this is the struggle right is for and early on when the state of south dakota uh released their uh their loan they're going to make these low interest loans in my mind that was almost um insulting because like oh your business lost revenue maybe not because we did anything and you certainly didn't do anything um but you lost revenue because of this pandemic. Uh, here's the loan. Now you got to pay it back. So that means I have to replace lost revenue and double basically to be able to pay that back.
0: To cut the insult, we did move the interest down to zero on those and I think still, it's Still you uh, have to pay it back. Yeah, I think it's a 5-year term though. Up to a 5-year term. Okay. So I mean it it's it still it helps. right. It, it, it helps, what, absolutely. It's what we could do with the but resources we had But more debt to replace lost
1: revenue is just...
0: You're right. Um, You're absolutely right. It's a right. business killer. It's what we had available that day. Correct. Now that this is available, these are not loans.
1: And this is finite dollars. This is finite dollars. when it's gone, it's gone.
0: When it's gone, it's gone. If people apply for, let's say, uh, people qualify for 600000000 million, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's just say... Yep. There's $400 million here. This will be divvied up on pro rata. That means you'll get 75% of what you qualified for. Hmm. We want checks going out the door to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. We'd love to make everybody whole, but there's what is, $400 What million is
1: turnaround? Dollars. So let's say you go through the process, get signed up, uh, apply. What are we looking at for uh, application time?
0: Well, um, getting into the process of that, uh, we do not have enough people within the state of South Dakota to do this on time. So we've contracted with a firm, I believe it's called Guidehouse. They've done this in several other hmm. states. Uh, this is So they're going to process the applications. They're going to process all the applications. It's all going to be based on mathematics. You can see all of the details of our plan. And what I like about
1: it, it fits on one piece of paper. I have a question about that, though. yes. Some is rather vague. Is that on purpose? Uh, one, one of the things, this is the small business COVID interruption yes. Uh, paperwork. Yes. Um, down there, it says businesses with, with less than $150,000 in 2019 revenue will have reduced documentation requirements. There, right. That doesn't get spelled out here. Uh, where do we see that? What uh, What's different? What's different?
0: Honestly, that isn't even in the bill. So that is something that GuideHouse implemented.
1: Oh, does that make it potentially easier for the small, small business? I
0: think that was our intention on the whole thing was to cause the least amount of harm applying for this. We don't want you to have to hire somebody to apply for this either. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing less than $150,000, I would guess that uh, the documentation is going to be pretty
1: much uh, slam dunk. Mm. That just seemed a little bit obscure, but I mean, simpler is better. I totally agree.
0: So the whole idea, like I said, take cash flow 19 and then compare that to cash flow 20. If you lost 25% or more, apply. If you lost close to that, apply. Get in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Because you'll notice if uh, you follow the legislature at all, we did not do this as a law. We did this as a resolution. So that gives the governor flexibility that if we do all this and Guidehouse comes back with a report saying, yeah, yeah, 11 businesses have qualified with the <laughs> rules you guys have set down and uh, we're, we're about to hand out 1.1 million of your $400 million because that's the rules you guys set up. Without bringing the entire legislature back together, we can tweak the rules a little bit and make sure that the most people get help that need it. That's why we did it as a, Joint resolution.
1: Is there, uh, are there any safeguards to keep, uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, friend discounts, friend deals with people in charge well, from th- happening? Or is that one of the benefits of having an outside that firm That is the benefit
0: it? to me of having an outside firm manage it. Um, of course, anytime you're working within the political system, because we had the Governor's Office of Economic Development to deal with those uh, zero-interest loans we did on Veto Day back in March. Hmm. Um, there was all sorts of, well, the governor's uh, donors seemed to get all the money, and that wasn't what happened. It, it was just people with the money ran out really fast. We tried to get it out there really fast, and it ran out really fast. Hmm. And it wasn't the governor's donors who were favorited it was whoever could apply first well obviously the people who are interested in politics are paying attention are paying attention and applied first and that's not cool that's not the way i wanted this that's why i'm here i don't care what your political party is i do not let me look right into the camera i do not care if you're a democrat a republican a libertarian If you uh, have a religion based on flying kites, it doesn't bother me what you do or who you are. If you were harmed by COVID-19 in your business, we want to help you. Please apply at covid.sd.gov. Can I make it any clearer?
1: That sounds pretty clear to me.
0: Well, that's the way I want it to be. And that's good. I
1: appreciate you. And and that is the main reason we wanted to go live with this. Right. Um, So... So Share that, this out. Absolutely. Yeah. Share this Share with this. your friends. COVID-COVID.sd.gov. Uh, everyone.
0: C-O-V-I-D dot dot Go there. There's uh, all sorts of uh, training. They had a uh, webinar today on GoToMeeting uh, that was set up from three to four for healthcare providers and uh, four to five for non-profit businesses. Those were recorded. Those will be posted probably by morning. And uh they'll be on the website there's going to be some uh, how-to videos on the website coming everything got thrown together now remember a week ago tonight i was still driving home from getting this or monday night i'm sorry a week ago and a day ago i was still driving home from getting this implemented and here we are less than a week later and the program is live on the internet the the applications are done the contract's been signed and that's one of the things I think is absolutely beautiful about South Dakota compared to our federal government is we are nimble and able to change quickly, which is exactly the definition of nimble.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I I want people to know also that you reached out for this spot uh, October six. Yeah. At two, so you were still there. That's still you were in pier. Yes. At two thirty four p.m. when you. Requested this time, so yes. I appreciate that you thought of us. This is wonderful.
0: Well, and I absolutely want to make sure we have every avenue possible to make sure everybody knows. I know you've got twelve hundred followers, and if uh, uh, even five of those own businesses and uh, were harmed by COVID, we want to help you. So please sign up. Covid.sd.gov. Excellent. So there's also the the nonprofits. Mm-hmm. if you operate a nonprofit in South Dakota there's 40 million dollars allocated to nonprofits there's uh, a hundred... are,
1: are, are those rules just different I mean they, they must be
0: same basic guidelines mm-hmm. with a few words changed to fit the nonprofit world slightly better okay um, it, it's got to be uh, in South Dakota you you gotta you're not going to grab the grant and close the doors those kind of basic rules that are laid out mm-hmm. and you have to show a 25 percent reduction in donations or increase in expenses uh, in 2020 compared to 2019 and then if you did a startup we've got 10 million dollars set aside for startups
1: what uh, I mean what's the criteria for a startup
0: uh, startup is not in business in 2019. You can you can have started anywhere between... Oh, I'm going to miss my days if I don't pull this up and put it in front of me. Oh, now it says your, your uh, Safari is not connected to Regis- the
1: internet. Registered with the Secretary of State or Department of Revenue between September 1, 19, uh, and June 1, 2020.
0: There it is. Okay. So that is... Um, uh, we had questions on this. I was on with the uh, Brookings Chamber today at 11 o'clock on another uh, Zoom meeting that is broadcast. And you can go to the, just Google up the uh, Brookings Chamber. And there was some really good questions that were asked there. And that was one of them is, uh, well, I registered my business in April, but I didn't start serving until August. mm well, apply, get in the pipeline, yeah. see if there's, uh, there's something we can do to uh, help you out. And, uh, if you bought a business and you don't have, you know, the complete books, just what they gave you to see if the business was working or not, mm-hmm. turn them in, you know, apply with what you have and, uh, we'll do our best. There's going to be an audit of this. So we, we've got to have some basic documentation I mean the federal government is going to want to know that we followed their rules and that uh I believe the taxpayers should know that the 400 million dollars we handed out went to people who deserved it and were harmed by COVID.
1: Because I mean that really is the criteria. Yeah. Is whether COVID caused disruption. Right.
0: I mean it's uh like I said pretty simple. So
1: Awesome. H- how long did it take to uh to get this put together and pass through, and were there any was there any pushback in the process of writing it and getting it implemented?
0: There was a lot of pushback, um, and it, it just depends. Now, a, a good friend of mine uh, named Earl, I'm not going to put him too much on the spot here, but uh, I, was, I was explaining the situation to Earl about some of the pushback we got from other legislators. And he said, Well, that's just pretty obvious because uh, they've always signed the back side of a paycheck and never the front side. <laughs> and th- there were some legislators who wanted to limit the size of the business to a million dollars of maximum revenue because they wanted to help the smallest businesses. Well, there's a lot of small businesses that if you're running a restaurant and you have more than 40 seats. You're going to blow through a million dollars gross in a year, no problem.
1: Well, and that just seems kind of silly to limit that. I mean, it, now maybe uh, net, you could put a limit on that.
0: But then you're getting into your amortization tables mm-hmm. and all that, and okay. I didn't want to have the any part of that. So we're going gross revenue. So we went with an SBA number. SBA has different numbers in different categories, but as you look through the SBA website, one number kept popping up more often than not, and that's $38.5 million. Okay. So that's the maximum gross revenue you can have to still be considered a small business in this program.
1: Okay. And th- that, that's based on a, a
0: the SBA. Based on SBA numbers. In some industries, it can go up to $70 million mm. and still be considered a small business. Some industries, they go by number of employees. Well, now we're getting into a whole lot more accounting than I want to do on this. Yeah. So let's just pick a number that's pretty common in SBA nomenclature, and we're just going to go with $38.5 million on the high end. How much
1: of this is um, an honor system with the applicant?
0: Uh, you're going to have to— As
1: far as the, the data submitted goes.
0: The data submitted, it, there's got to be some supporting documentation is all it says.
1: So Again, that's pretty pretty wide open. I yeah. mean, do they define what that is? Uh, they do I say on, they. I, I mean, would, you, you you're part of this. We <laughs>
0: laid it out that we wanted just cash flow mm-hmm. and whatever you needed okay. to prove cash flow. Um, we were vague on that on purpose because we wanted to make sure we didn't ask for one wrong form mm. that would go into this and then you needed another form form letter number whatever so we we left it a little bit vague and somebody else asked me about this early today I said you know we're legislators we come up with the idea we bring in the administration to administer our ideas (laughs) (laughs) so we laid this out and I believe uh, the the governor's office especially Bureau of Finance and Management has uh, bent over backwards to get this done uh, the commissioner of the Bureau of Finance and Management and I have been texting all week. Um, she's uh, absolutely incredible, uh, and uh, she's uh, put a lot of time into this and, and got everything worked out with uh, GuideHouse. There were a couple other people who, uh, who uh, put in uh, a bid to, to do this, and uh, they were by far and away the best, and they've been operating in a couple other states already, so um, uh, they're pretty sure they're they're going to do a great job on this, and they uh, work well within the rules. They've already set up a call center. Uh, that number is 605-937-7243 if you have any questions, and that number is also posted on the website and the lovely small business flyer that you can download at covid.sd.gov. So, that's the main reason I'm here. There's also community-based health care providers. Um, I'm sure the hospitals and nursing homes are quite aware of this. Their organizations were there helping us to make sure we did this the best we could. Helping? They always help. <laughs> of course they do. I mean, let's. I'm not an expert in how to run a nursing home. <laughs> of course. If I want to make sure that nursing homes are accounted properly, I would like somebody in the room who runs a nursing home. Now, there are some who would say that that is a... Were
1: the people in the room the ones that run them?
0: They're the ones who, the people who run them, hire these lobbyists uh-huh. to represent them and get their ideas to us. It's, I think...
1: Oh, it it's typical. It's how it works. It, I it's get how that. it
0: works. But I, I also think it works well. Because I've, I've been in there and I've seen it. And I've seen how these people work. Now, uh, Mark Diak... Is uh, one of the guys who who represents South Dakota uh, healthcare providers, and um, he invited me down to speak at their at their uh, annual convention in nineteen. Um, you get to talk to the administrators that are out there doing the job every day, and they all come up to me. And when I was when I was visiting with them, um, they they're all just you know Mark knows how to work with you guys and how to speak your language and how to speak our language. So if you guys just keep working with Mark, that's going to be awesome for everybody. So that's the kind of things, you know, Oh, it's a lobbyist coming in telling you how to do things. Well, that's their job and they have to answer to their organizations. And we have to answer to the voters. We can't just, you know, hand everything to lobbyists here We'll write this and we'll just sign it. Can't do that we can get their input and we can work with them and we can develop a plan together that works for everybody in the room. And that's what I think good legislation is. So.
1: Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> application dates started today and go until the 23rd. 23rd.
0: It's it's a tight window because we want to get this money out. We have to get this money out. It has to be all done, accounted for and uh, out the door of South Dakota by December 30th. This is something that was uh, confusing with a few people today. And I'd like to clear this up before the questions arise. And uh, are there people who are... are, are is anybody uh, asking questions online? Because all I'm seeing... I've, I've got the video that's delayed, and now I'm just seeing that my hands talk
1: too yeah. much. Yeah, yep, that's good. I'm like one of the no, plywood I'm, Minnesota I'm guys. monitoring the uh, the comment section. Okay. It's so, been pretty clean so far, Jake, Okay, Jacob. All right. <laughs> If if nobody
0: is uh, bringing up any questions, one of the big questions we got was do I do I have to spend this, the business owner? Do I have to spend this by December 30th?
1: Mm. No. It just has to get transferred out so out of it has the to go South Dakota through hands.
0: our program and divvied up, spent and out the South Dakota state government's door mm. and have all the accounting done and turned in by December 30th. 2020.
1: What you do so with it? They're... does that possibly um, indicate that this could take until the end of December to process all of this? No, I really
0: think, based on what I and my conversations with the uh, the commissioner of the Bureau of Finance and Management, some of the other people that are working on this, I would guess that uh, we're going to see money leaving by mid-November. Okay this rough timeline, no guarantees there, but, uh, by mid November, I, I would believe that, uh, the $400 million allocation will be spent in South Dakota. The 40 million for not- small businesses will be out the door. The 10 million for startups will be out the door. The 115 million for community-based healthcare providers will be out the door and the $15 million for acute care hospitals will be out the door. Mm. So that would be our hope. That is our goal because then that gives us a month to make sure that we didn't miss anybody. If there's any money left over or any reversions from the $200 million that went out to the local governments, the cities and counties, if there's anything uh, reverted back from the $75 million from the, the $500 a student for schools or uh, any reversions that come back from any of the other unspent funds, we could run through this program again because we'll have all the applications already. Or there's, uh, you know, there's options of what we can do if there's any funds left over. And uh, the the most important part of this is to spend the money quickly, which is not how I like to
1: operate in South Dakota. <laughs> it does seem a little bit uh, possibly shady. Hurry, we got to spend it. But yeah. isn't that kind of how um, government money is? Like, a lot of times, if you don't spend it, you lose it?
0: Well... That that's your argument for zero-based budgeting when you get into a lot of our agencies, where if you don't spend it, you won't get your next year's budget. Well, if you don't spend it, you shouldn't have had it is the way I like to look at budgets. And that's one of the questions we ask is if you zero-based your budget, what would be different? Hmm. Um, And we do have – if agencies stop listening to our little friendly hints and suggestions, there is a statute – where the Joint Appropriations Committee can uh, put forth guidelines that would require some agencies to begin zero-based budgeting. Hmm. And I'm I'm a fan of zero-based budgeting for some agencies, and there are some agencies I believe that it would be an entire waste of time also (laughs) at the same time. Because if you go back and try to actually genuinely, by the definition, zero-based budget, Something like uh, the Department of what is it, Human Services, is $1.1 billion, mostly federal money. That would take you out of compliance with federal guidance because they want your last five budgets, and it's all got to be based on that. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got uh, just the incredible amount of work. You'd have to bring in extra people to start everything over from absolute zero. And is it worth it? We don't know. I mean— you know, let's let's take a look at some uh, budgets where we can actually do the most good by stepping back, taking a look at what we're spending our money on. It's one of the things that that we've done in some of the interim stuff. Uh, we've, and I know I've talked to you about this before. Uh, you've heard of lean manufacturing. There's also a, a form of uh, government called lean government management. Yeah. And uh, when you operate the lean theory, that is uh, empowering your, your employees in your departments to look forward and see what they could do better, more efficiently. It's um, so what we did with car titles within one division of the Department of Revenue. took the average time to turn around for a car title from uh, 38 days down to uh, 8 days hmm. without adding employees. Yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we look at as an appropriations committee. And uh, right now we're, we're actually trying to uh, come up with some one-time funds to uh, uh, get the, uh, the BOA, the Bureau of Administration, to do a space study to see if we are leasing too much space and if there's things we could do more efficiently and better with the space we have, as opposed to some agencies are thinking they need more space and are looking at uh, leasing. And we're wondering, do we already own enough roof to cover everybody? Hmm. So we might ask uh, for uh, $60,000 of one-time money to get the space study done so that we can just see where we stand and uh, look forward in that direction. So,
1: Gotcha. So, uh, all right. I appreciate all of that infomercial for COVID.SD.gov. Uh Small businesses, apply. Uh, Please apply. apply.
0: Yeah covid.sd.gov c o v i d.sd.gov Please apply.
1: All right, let's move on to uh, other things. Okay, you are uh, a S- 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 South Dakota State Senator. I am for District Four. Yeah, uh, right here. Yeah, uh, Milbank is part of that district.
0: Yep, Grant, Dual, Rural Coddington, Rural Brookings counties
1: in northeast South Dakota. Um, initiated Measure Twenty Six.
0: Initiated we'll measure be 26. on the ballot. Will be on the ballot.
1: Titled, an initiated measure to legalize marijuana for medical use. There's also a constitutional amendment A.
0: That is horrible. I'm going to tell you right now.
1: An amendment to the South Dakota Constitution to legalize, regulate, and tax marijuana, and to, reg- and to require the legislature to pass laws regarding hemp as well as laws ensuring access. To marijuana for medical use, do tell. Okay. How? Where? Where do you fall down on these?
0: The devil in the details on constitutional amendment A. Number one, it's in our constitution. Alcohol is not in our constitution. Tobacco is not in our constitution. I do not want marijuana in our constitution. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's your ten thousand foot overview of that. But if you get into
1: the details. Uh, just, just a side note, I'm noticing I'm, I'm uh, on sdsos.gov uh, forward slash elections, voting assets, and blah, 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 to get right. to this pamphlet. Uh, the te- There's a comment here. The text of this amendment is seven pages long.
0: Right. And if you go through that, it tells you a minimum number of plants you can own. You have to own at
1: least four plants. What <laughs> You mean you're required to? Required. That, if you're a South if, Dakota resident, no. you are required to own marijuana? If
0: you have marijuana
1: at all, you have to own four plants. Oh, one's not enough. Right. Well, if one dies, maybe two die. <laughs> Come on.
0: So, it's horribly written, number one. It, it, it's like they didn't take the break for the Snickers, okay? Is, is
1: the implication that it was written by those who might benefit most
0: from this? Okay, that Okay, the Snickers thing is a joke, okay? But- it it's horribly written. It was put together. Sorry, my bell's okay. my
1: bell's broken. That's all right.
0: <laughs> it, it it was put together for not South Dakota and they they missed a lot of things. Now, because it's a constitutional amendment, we can't fix it in the legislature. It's directly in the Constitution. If they did make a mistake on this, it has to go before the voters again. Because it's in the Constitution. So they didn't change when, when the attorney general, you know, they send these, uh, these these things to our LRC, the Legislative Research Council, which, by the way, if you'd like to get something put in our Constitution or a ballot measure, that's free. We pay for that in the legislature. You can send it in to our Legislative Research Council and our staff of attorneys and code and law writers will help you get that in a form that fits within our con- our constitution and within our laws in south dakota and they will offer suggestions but they will not demand you do things one way or another because they are completely nonpartisan and they don't take a stand on this so if uh they would have listened to our lrc they would have had some changes that would recommended that that would have made this not absolutely completely a hundred percent horrible
1: now, back to the length of these. I just looked down initiated measure 26. Yeah. The measure to legalize marijuana for medicinal use. Right. This text <laughs> of this measure is 26 pages long. Uh huh. Containing 95 sections. How hard is it to say legalize it for medical use?
0: Well, you see, I believe that this is an incremental step. Any place that has seen medical marijuana legalized within eight years, there's some form, of, uh, some form of recreational marijuana legalized.
1: So do you not see, I guess, I don't know. Do you not see the value in the possibility of a huge influx of tax revenue? No.
0: I see. Oh. You'd
1: rather tax all the Internet sales.
0: Well, obviously, I've already done that. Uh, The other (laughs) side of that is I view it as increased um, unemployment, increased Medicaid, increased disincentive to work for the simple reason that at least half of the decent paying jobs in this country right now, especially in our state, require a drug test, not for the law, but for the insurance that the company has to run for whatever piece of machinery you're operating. Whether that's a a meat saw in uh, the packing plant at Smithfield in Sioux Falls, or whether it's a truck, or whether it's a forklift, or whether it's a, a cutting torch or a welder. The insurance company of the place that operates the business requires a drug test. If you don't pass the drug test, you don't get the job. You don't get the job, you're on unemployment, you're on Medicaid, you're you're living you're not living a full life. You're not able to contribute and put your stamp on life. So, if we're allowing more people to use a drug that will disqualify them from work, When we're already, even in the middle of the pandemic, where there are still some people unemployed because they can't go back to work because of pandemic-related reasons or or restrictions in some towns, we're still at less than 5% unemployment in South Dakota. We need people to come here and work. And if we're going to legalize a plant or whatever uh, drug that comes up that's going to disqualify more people from doing those jobs it is completely um, counterproductive to what we're trying to do in South Dakota to increase our economy
1: what about just decriminalizing it rather than legalizing it and are those different because then then what happens if you decriminalize something then the cops aren't involved and uh, a business can set rules That would uh, limit use of that in their business. Insurance companies could continue to uh, require drug testing. So then that might self-police, wouldn't it? Well, it also removes
0: a tool that our law enforcement uses very effectively to try to get some of the big dealers.
1: Marijuana is what they use to get the big dealers? Marijuana
0: is a step in the door to other drugs.
1: Oh, that's... That gets used all the time as the gateway drug. And well, there's a lot of evidence that shows it's not. it's not just a gateway drug,
0: but the dealers who sell marijuana also sell other drugs. And if we can get them on a marijuana deal so it's a gateway. and try to keep... Of course it is. It's a gateway <laughs> for the dealer as well as it's a gateway for the consumer. And it there's some people who don't go up. I mean, there there are a lot of people, and they're great people. Who uh, can go home after a hard day of work, drink a beer? It's the one beer, and they can move on with their lives. And it and there's some people who come home, drink a beer, and it turns into 22. That so that so if is someone people. if and someone so goes saying... home and
1: smokes a joint, and now again, I th- this is merely for conversation. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> if someone goes home and smokes a joint, yeah, um, and the next day they go to work, yeah, there is trace of that in their system that, that a drug test would show. But are they affected? Long, longer term than alcohol.
0: I don't know the answer to that, and I'm not going to pretend to give Shouldn't an answer to that.
1: should that matter? Well. Since alcohol kills a whole bunch of people, it causes a whole bunch of abuse. It causes tons of turmoil in the home. Why don't we ban alcohol like we ban? We tried that. Okay.
0: Read your history. That didn't work.
1: People also smoke marijuana. I know. So why so why, why? don't we just oh, decriminalize it? But let's just decriminalize it.
0: Hey, the government says it's illegal. That should end it, right? <laughs>
1: so if the federal government said it was legal, what would South Dakota do?
0: That changes a lot of things, doesn't it? Perhaps. It might, because that would make your insurance companies move to an acceptable level. Until then, right now, it is zero.
1: Federal law. So zero. You're claiming then that Colorado, Oregon, California, Washington—if uh, Donald Trump who picked else, up a pen—well, right. those states did that. So right. is your is is the your claim that those insurance companies um, people are just losing their jobs all day long mm-hmm. because the insurance companies say you can't do it? Yeah. Is there evidence of this? Yes. I'd love to see that. Oh,
0: I will gladly bring it up to you. Excellent. So
1: it, it it just seems to me that the alcohol kills a ton of people, remember, and alcohol causes lots of problems. But we don't care because there's a lot of tax revenue generated from alcohol sales. No, there
0: isn't. Oh, you, of course there is. There isn't.
1: <laughs> really? really? Really?
0: South Dakota. Let's see. Our our twenty percent maybe, on the top end has something that touches alcohol. And the direct budget of the uh, the bulk alcohol tax is $30 million a year. That's your uh, alcohol, uh, your, your, basically your, your state stamp, like it is in tobacco, but it's not quite the same.
1: According to the interweb, which is always true, Yeah. Ballotpedia.org says, according to the United States Census Bureau, in 2016 so okay mm-hmm. uh, south dakota collected 1.75 billion dollars in tax revenue overall done that's it how much of that was alcohol how much of that was fuel direct
0: oh 1. no way
1: <laughs> Is that, that wrong? no really? that's
0: wrong we collected um now, does that say just taxes, or are fees in there also? Because that's another hair that we split in the legislature. You might like it, you might not, but you it's a hair tell. we Break split that down. Okay, when you buy a campsite, or you get pulled over for a speeding fine, okay. those are fines and fees.
1: Okay,
0: those are moved into the budget in other ways and that part of the budget would that would be pretty much everything but federal funds there you're looking at uh three and a half billion dollars three billion dollars so how much of that is alcohol i have no idea uh i would say direct sales of alcohol we have the alcohol tax split out in our budget i can pull that up for you if you want to stall for our friends on facebook for a minute. I can pull up the, the exact number for you if you if you can hold on for a minute
1: i'm I'm just intrigued with the idea now i again i'm i'm not'm not am i am poking you, the bear here you are doing
0: fun. A, you're doing a great job of being a devil's advocate and preparing me for tomorrow night because tomorrow night I have to go debate in ooh. watertown ooh on where when and how how many people watch it uh they have to be in a room
1: what? It's not uh, live streamed. No. It's 2020, in the middle of a COVID 19 pandemic, and it's, you're telling me you're not going to live stream this? I'm not.
0: I don't know what the room's going to be set up like for social distancing. I have no idea.
1: All the more reason to stinkin' put a camera in the back of the room. How hard can it be? Uh, Heck, I've jerry-rigged this room to work. Come on now. Well, <laughs> you
0: have audio. I'll tell you this: the, the, the. I, I can't call it research. It, because it sounds all fancy and formal. I've talked to a bunch of people who are watching all the Facebook Lives that have happened since the uh, pandemic started. You can have horrible video, and people will still watch it if they can hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you set a camera in the room of the Cottington County Extension Building.
1: No, set a camera in the room on, in front of the governor, for crying out loud. And you don't have audio coming into that camera. It's miserable. I know. We, and I totally agree. That, she fixed that. It took a
0: while. It took a while, but believe me, I was one of the people saying, you've got to get audio,
1: by, 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 by the way, Senator Wick. Yes? I have reached out again to the governor of South Dakota to be a guest on this show.
0: And she hasn't replied Absolutely
1: yet. Absolutely nothing. I will keep working for you.
0: I I made a contact with you, uh, for you, for somebody, and did they return that contact? Negative. Okay. That person is no longer there.
1: Well, there you have it. But I reached out about three weeks ago. Uh, Who did you reach out to? Well, okay. The only thing that I have is the social medias. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, let's do it then. Come on. Connect me to the right people. Uh, We need to hear the governor on this show. We will. I, I will send that email right now. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Because, I mean, Governor Noam, we would love to hear from you, um, our, our people on this show that listen to this show. Um, well, I heck, I Senator Rounds has been on. Yeah. Congressman Dusty Johnson was yeah, on. Yeah, he did a great job. Heck, I had uh, Senate candidate Dan Ollers on just a couple days ago. Well, that was fun yeah. for you. So, we, uh, uh, during the political season, we like to have as many politicians as possible. Uh, all right. come on the show
0: i really wish i knew how to run this ipad i i will leave the mail up in the corner so Fantastic. i can send that we'll before i leave all right
1: so you are uh so off <laughs> off of the marijuana
0: okay i mean uh, i mean it's, there there's another thing on the ballot and that's gambling too uh sports, gambling
1: in deadwood Sports betting. sports betting in deadwood it
0: would be statewide administered through deadwood and remember, anything we allow in Deadwood, we allow on our Native American casinos in South Dakota.
1: I'd say that again?
0: Anything that's allowed in Deadwood by statute in our Constitution, I should say, by Constitution, anything that we allow in Deadwood has to be allowed in our Native American casinos in the state.
1: How, do, how does the state of South Dakota have any say in the Native American casinos?
0: That's another one of those fine lines I don't know the answer to. But I'll
1: tell you this, but because if we have a say in their casino, we I'm not we, you have a say say in their casinos, how come you can't stop the roadblocks?
0: That is a question that is above my pay grade. <laughs> I honestly don't know the answer to that. I think we're able to stop them, but that starts a whole nother debate that really degenerates quickly. But within it the seems state like of you South wouldn't be able Dakota, to have it both ways. But whatever. Right. Within mean. the state of South Dakota, if we allow it in Deadwood, we allow it in our Native American casino. So if uh, one, uh, we did go through something uh, when I first got in the legislature, first got in the Senate about uh, allowing craps and roulette in Deadwood. That automatically added it, so it could be at Dakota Sioux, Dakota Magic, whatever. Uh, tribes are registered with the state of South Dakota for their gaming.
1: So how did Deadwood get so much control? Uh,
0: 1984?
1: George Orwell's book?
0: No. The, uh, the year, where there was 84, 86. I know there's people that are listening to my feed online right now that could answer this question far better than me. Um, we uh, passed the constitutional amendment to save Deadwood because we didn't have a lot of money as a state. We wanted to restore Deadwood, and we did that by allowing gambling inside the city of Deadwood. So that's where all the to save it. That's the a certain percentage of the money has to go to the Deadwood Deadwood Historical uh, Preservation Fund and tourism tourism. So, oh, that wasn't somebody texting me. But you're welcome to if you know a better answer than what I'm giving. (laughs) Thank you, Facebook. (laughs) Um, this is the way I understand it. If it's wrong, I apologize in advance because I don't know everything off the top of my head, and I don't know how to run this Apple thing in front of me because you know you can blame I it operate, on the
1: lack of technological advancement. That you I operate have. real fine. computers and paper and
0: paper <laughs> I like dead trees, but uh yeah. Um, there were there's a movement in uh, Yankton to try to revitalize downtown Yankton and allow a uh, casino district in Yankton as well, and that uh, did not pass through the legislature. So uh, they're going to work on that in a different way to uh, try and get that on the ballot and get that into our Constitution. Whatever we allow in Deadwood, we would allow in Yankton, and that's going to just uh, continue the discussion. See well, it's how it danced right around that one? That's
1: nice. You're tiptoeing well.
0: I am tiptoeing around that. John Wick's a ballerina. I'm. Uh, what is a male ballerina called? I don't think it's a ballerina. I think it's a ballerino. Ballerino. I, have no idea. I don't know either. I
1: apologize to anyone that knows. <laughs> um, this is the interview podcast. Um, you are uh, on the ballot in about three weeks. Oh, you could
0: go vote tomorrow if you
1: wished. Early voting
0: started September eighteenth in South Dakota. Well, there
1: you have it. Um, why in the world should you get sent back to peer?
0: well, i'm I think I've done a lot of good. I think I've done uh, let's say I've not done bad with the office that I've been given, and uh, I realize it is a gift that i that uh, can be taken away, and I definitely appreciate every moment that I'm there. Uh, a couple of legislative uh, accomplishments this uh, last year was uh, a lot of what I did in the move-over arena. Mm. Um, the move-over law is a very near and dear uh, A friend of ours uh, in the towing business was killed in Watertown on uh, January 4th. Um, would the move-over law have saved him? Uh, it would have if people would have actually followed it. He was... Uh, Hit by a car pulling a car out of the ditch, and he was off the white line into the grass where the car slid and hit him. If the car would have moved over, like the law that was already on the book said, uh, I don't think it would have slid and hit him. It would have probably hit the front of the truck and just injured him. Hmm. Um, the idea of slow down and of the move over law is slow down and move over, and all we did was uh, reinforce that a little bit, clean up a few of the uh, what ifs. Uh, that would happen then uh, tie those to a little harsher penalties if you kill somebody alongside the road. Um, and it's basically for law enforcement, first responders, tow truck drivers, and uh, uh, DOT people who work along the side of the highway. We uh, they, They're just like anybody else who, who gets up in the morning and goes to work. They'd really like to come home at the end of the day. And uh, all we ask is when you're driving, if you see flashing lights, slow down and move over.
1: Uh, you're not just asking it. Well, not even demanding right? it, yes.
0: <laughs> well, we've always demanded it uh, since we first passed our first move over law in, I think, 2004 or 5 or 6 or somewhere in there. Um, and it's uh, been a, a, a huge problem with uh, part of the distracted driving that's going on, but also um, there's so many yellow flashing lights going down the road anymore that, that they get lost in the shuffle. Don't you agree? There's yellow flashing lights on half the trucks you meet. There's yellow flashing lights on every post office, uh, rural mail deliver carrier. Uh, There's all sorts of reasons to uh, ignore flashing lights. And since uh, the fee fine penalty hadn't been updated since uh, 2006, we moved it up um, an inflationary-type jump and uh, uh, brought in the fines that if you kill somebody for uh, violating the move-over law, there is a clear penalty because um, there's no, there was no distinct rule in law. You would have to get somebody to come up with uh, vehicular manslaughter or not or um, distracted driving or... Um, Manslaughter or or whatever to to try and come up with another crime to charge you with, and this just simplifies, I think, the uh, prosecutor's job to connect somebody with a horrible accident. And uh, thankfully, since uh, we've done this and did an awful lot of awareness, we did the first thing we did with this was move over awareness month in June. Um, it was the uh, use of the uh, PSA dollars and you know public service announcements and all that stuff that we do. Uh, that was the entire push for the month of June from the Highway Patrol and from the state of South Dakota. It was on all of the reader boards that the state operates along the, the information system along the interstates. And a lot of uh, law enforcement I rode along with the Dual County Sheriff back in uh, June 11th, I think, and did uh, an awareness uh, where we pulled people over with warnings all day and I think we stopped 12 or 13 cars in dual county and and just gave them a warning and uh, let them know that uh, the fine's going to be increasing so you would really better uh, pay attention and slow down and move over when you see flashing lights so we did that for June uh, the penalty started in July and we also did for uh, DOT and tow truck drivers uh, we added the uh, possibility of using blue lights in addition to amber to help them stand out a little bit better
1: the possibilities I mean they don't have to they don't have to but if they wish to they may and so how many of them did
0: um well I know the company I know the owner of the company in Watertown that uh, our friend Dale was was killed working for uh, has uh, added blue lights on all of his trucks
1: you know what I think is odd I was in Texas last year driving down there and their um road work works crews uh all have blue light blue flashy lights mm-hmm Blue is,
0: I don't know if it's the most uh, recognizable color, in, uh, especially in, in fog or smoke or uh, reduced visibility mm-hmm. situations. Blue seems to mm-hmm. cut through better, like 20% better
1: than red or yellow. It, it is confusing, though, because the assumption is it's a cop. And mm-hmm. maybe that's good in a way, but... It was confusing. Yeah, right uh, now, red from is from the, top is of your the country most down.
0: emergency vehicle. Red is police, fire, ambulance in South Dakota. Red and blue is police only, hmm. I believe, if I'm, because I've looked through so many states at this that it, it got confused in my head. Um, and then the combination of yellow and blue will be uh, DOT vehicles and tow trucks only. In South Dakota, okay, and that was one of the 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 three legged safety stool I called it uh, of of pieces of legislation we moved through this year, and that went through I think with less than ten no votes. So I worked on a pretty good consensus bill, and I got uh, I, I got a lot of uh, good conversations, and and really uh, it, it started. As a pretty rough piece and and we worked together. I brought in all the best legal minds that are in the legislature in South Dakota to uh, work on this and and try and uh, make it better and I, I think we came up with a law that's fair and uh, uh, does what we intended it to do. So that's you know if if I never get elected again, I have that to hang my hat on, and I'm pretty proud of that.
1: So did um. COVID-19, was it handled properly nationwide?
0: Well, I think uh, some of the East Coast governors that put uh, COVID-19 patients in nursing homes, that was really bad, really uh, uh, not well thought through. I think it killed a lot of people unnecessarily. Um. In hindsight, that's always 2020. And we don't have the answers to all that going into it. Remember back in March when this all started, about March 17th, right around St. Patrick's Day. um, Some of the first reports are you get it, you're dead. Um, We got to shut everything down. We don't know what this is. We don't know how it's spread. We don't know if it's... Aerosol. We don't know if it uh, uh, can spread through. Uh, uh, remember, it lives on surfaces for eight hours. No, it's two hours. No, it's 10 hours. No, it's three weeks. Nobody knew anything. So a lot of people made a lot of judgments in, uh, you know, flying blind. And uh, the one thing I will say, did South Dakota handle it right? Not everybody is perfect, but I will say when you stick by your principles and your guidelines and your constitution and your basic freedoms, you've done it as well as you can.
1: Does government in America have the right, shall we say, authority, the legal authority to close private business?
0: Now you get into the whole licensing discussion. Oh, you mean if they
1: have the right to license a business?
0: If they have the right to license a business, they have the right to close a business. Hmm. Think about it that way. So if you give up the right to grant a license for what it, what you do for a living, you've also given up the right to perform under that license. When I started in radio in 1980, goodness, what, what year did I start? 1986. You still had to have a license from the FCC to operate a microphone that worked into a transmitter.
1: Wait, to talk. Yeah. For your voice to go out, you had yeah. to have a license. You,
0: you had to operate the transmitter at all. Even if it was, you were just pushing buttons, you had to have a, uh, a radio operator's license. I still have mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it valid? No, or no, just like it's a no. It's a that, that was is deregulated. it like your dollar
0: number one. Yeah, it's something like that. It's uh, <laughs> I keep it in my first Rush Limbaugh book. Um, <laughs> that's the way it ought to be because it, it's just uh, another, thankfully, a piece of history, hmm. and and that's one thing that uh, we've started on is is going down, to deciding, do you need a license? Oh, what did we deregulate? We um, another. Uh, 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 the, the tattoos, but they're not tattoos. The, the little bit of the. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called. The needling stuff.
1: A tattoo that's not a tattoo. Yeah,
0: I, I can't remember what you call it. The, the 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 it's it's done with needles.
1: Yeah, that's what that's called a tattoo.
0: <laughs> it, 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 no, but it's not a tattoo because there's no ink. It's it's a needle. It, it, it's, acupuncture. It, no, <laughs> no. It, I know it's not acu- it, it I can't remember, but we uh, deregulated part of that so that you don't need all of the licensure to uh, to do that. And I, so you I don't deregulated remember the, the
1: non-tattoo tattoo. Right. And that de- deregulated the need for a license to talk into a microphone over the airwaves. No, waves. no,
0: that, uh, just another example ah. of something we did here in South Dakota. Mm. And we allowed midwives to create their own self-governing thing
1: that's just been recent
0: yeah that's recent
1: which and, when i moved to the state was shocked that it was a crime to operate as a midwife in south dakota well we fixed that i voted for that
0: that was a deal that uh, we did i think i was still in the house when when that passed through hmm. was that 2016 or was that 2017 when i was in the senate i don't remember the years kind of run together, it, especially because well, it, 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 it seems recently, like yeah. 2020 has already been three or four years long. Come on,
1: this uh, this podcast not sponsored by Diet Coke. No. Although if they if <laughs> if they're listening,
0: if they're listening, he <laughs> would gladly take your money. <laughs> And he would drink a Diet Coke (laughs) on every podcast.
1: The product that used to contain cocaine. Right. Fantastic. And we got rid of that. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Well, Senator John Wick, um, anything else you have to say before we uh, wrap this late night? No, I'd just like to
0: thank you for the time to uh, talk about the COVID. Um, If you have any questions about the small business, the healthcare, the nonprofit, the startup, please go to COVID.sd.gov, C-O-V-I-D.sd.gov, and all the links are there. Uh, Everything came online today. There's going to be more information, more help. And uh, don't forget the uh, call center. Just download one of the uh, PDFs on how to do this, and the call center will appear uh, with the phone number of 605-937-7243. For the small business, there's other call numbers for the other portions, I believe. I haven't downloaded those to make sure. But uh, all I'm asking is uh, if you're in doubt whether you qualify or not for your small business, please apply because uh, in, like in the worst case scenario, yeah, we found 11 businesses that qualify. We're going to send out $1.1 million. We can change the rules. I mean, we, we can do that pretty simply because uh, we wanted to be nimble. We wanted to be uh, to, to make things go easily, and we wanted to make this work. For as many South Dakotans that uh, own businesses and uh, run our show as possible, if that makes any sense,
1: it does. Where can people follow you on the uh, the interwebs?
0: On the uh, interwebs, uh, uh, my Facebook page is uh, Wick 44 I I K F O R, and the number four uh, is my uh, Facebook handle. There, you can go search that up, or it's uh, John Wick District Four Senate Senator, I think it is now. Uh, I don't have a candidate page. I use my senator page uh, just to talk about what I'm up to. I really haven't run much of a campaign this year. It's not because of anything else other than I have been so invested uh, in our time and efforts to try and get this put together and get a package that will work for as many South Dakotans as possible. And uh, I'm really going to try here in the next little bit to start focusing on uh, uh, my own election.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Even though I, I In the think next little that, bit perfect,
0: uh, you know, forty percent or more of the ballots have already been cast inside of District Four with early voting. Really? Yes.
1: That, that okay. That's an interesting thing. And uh, Bill, we appreciate that. I absolutely agree with you that that diet coke will make you sick. Um, but uh, John apparently doesn't give a rip.
0: I'm older than you, and I'm still here. <laughs> and I have, and I actually have just a little bit more hair. It's the diet coke. Yeah, I bet. Uh huh.
1: I got no, more are you just, talking about. Well, up here. <laughs> um uh are, is this election going to be um uh, known the results in South Dakota
0: other than Minnehaha County? Yes. Why other than that county? Minnehaha County for some reason has taken three days to count the votes in the last oh, three always. elections. Okay,
1: so this is not new. This, this is, is not, not a COVID nineteen COVID
0: thing. This is just I don't know what it is in that county. Um, I I can give you some opinions that would not be uh, anywhere close to based in anything. So I'm just going to hold them for now. But I will just say that for some reason we don't know about Minnehaha County until later. Um, but in South Dakota, we'll we'll know. We have very well-run elections. Hmm. Um, our our county officials are top-notch. I would put them against anybody in the country. Our uh, auditors are are doing an incredible job. The Secretary of State maintains uh, his website, and uh, they they feed the information directly. It's it's all very secure. And uh, in South Dakota, we have a paper trail for all of our votes. There, there's no electronic voting without a paper trail backup, so uh, it is very secure. You won't find a hijacked election in South Dakota, and uh, in especially our, our more rural counties, it's done very quickly. Nationally, you think it's going to be a problem? Nationally, it's going to be a train wreck. Why? Have you uh, been following the news that we're finding dumpsters full of ballots with all of the extra mail-in balloting that's going on? Now, I want to be very clear about mail-in balloting. If you request a ballot, it's an absentee ballot. If ballots are mailed out in bulk,
1: that's fraud central. Okay, so I grew up in the state of Oregon. Yes. And I remember as a child riding in the car with my parents to the polling booth. At some point in my early childhood, they passed a law in the state mm-hmm. to go all mail-in. So my entire voting life living there before I moved here in 2008 was mail-in voting. Okay. Um, Did it, you ever? It, get it an- didn't seem as though it was just so, holy cow, we're all going to die.
0: Did you ever get an extra ballot in the mail? Did no. anybody ever get a ballot that uh, probably shouldn't have? Did uh, Were the voter uh, rolls taken care of to a point where uh, the deceased are moved off quickly and efficiently and those extra ballots aren't lingering around somewhere? Those uh, are the questions no, no one I want in, answered.
1: No one in our immediate circle that I know of had those issues. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that I know everyone. That's not the point. Right. The point is, my experience and all of the people around me in a 100% mail in ballot state in Oregon um, didn't seem to have a problem. Okay.
0: The experience I've seen from the talking heads I listen to is it is uh, very easy to uh, watch dead people vote, and they How all seem to vote for one party.
1: How much uh, of this election talk is uh, just fear from both sides? Like they're both playing a game because if you, if you're on one side, let's say you're on the Democrat side and you uh, create a narrative that, Oh my goodness, Donald Trump is saying there's fraud. Huh? There's no evidence of fraud. So mail your mail your ballot in. And on the right, Donald Trump, we'll say, because he's the one they all say. That's fine. Uh, they're all, holy cow, it's fraud. We're all going to die. Fraud. Don't do that. you got to walk in the voting, voting booth. Well, I'll um, tell you. Let me it, just now, say, didn't they this. did Well, didn't they both just set up the election to not be taken seriously?
0: No. I don't think so, because all I'm saying and all I'm asking and all I'm, I'm honestly demanding— is that each person votes once. There's a paper trail that follows it, like we do in South Dakota, and we can instantly verify that uh, if you requested an absentee ballot and then show up on Election Day, that will count, and your absentee is thrown out and your Election Day vote goes in. That's already dealt with, and we already know that you don't vote twice because we have a paper trail. If you can do that with mail-in voting on a reliable basis... I will eat my words on mail-in voting. Until then, I have no proof that you can't. All I want is an honest, fair election.
1: What did you think when uh, the president was asked if he would would accept a smooth transition of power, no matter the outcome? That was uh, a fed that that that
0: question was designed to give a response that they could turn around in an editorial that Trump is ready to go. Trump is ready to admit defeat and move on. Trump will never do that because he is a New York real estate guy, and they'll never admit defeat. So they were trying to feed him a premise that he would never agree with, and I would have done the same thing if I were him.
1: Did, did you think it was a, an inappropriate question? Yes.
0: What are you going to do when you lose your election, John? <laughs> it, it seems to me very similar to the old "When did you stop beating your wife?" <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been a drunk, really? Exactly. Yeah. And then, and when you when you start with with a bad premise, you're not going to get a good answer. And and the problem in South Dakota with with people who think there's all this rampant corruption is if you read our Constitution and our founding documents. Of the time, whether it's the, well, the United States and in South Dakota, uh, government was meant to be run by honorable, decent,
1: and godly men. Okay, stop you right there. There's a whole segment of the country that would say, we don't have that right now. You're right. So,
0: when you take a look at what we were designed to do and what we've become, I mean, even Paul Harvey. You can't have self-government you cannot have self-government without self-discipline. Where did that go? I mean Paul Harvey hasn't been dead that long. He was on the radio a lot when I was still on there. I I only left the radio 11 years ago. But, I mean, where is that voice in your head saying you can't have self-government without self-discipline? You can't count, and we can't afford as a society to have all that money going into big government to make all these decisions for you. So where do we get off? Where, where do we, How did we step off this train of, of self-government without the self-discipline of, of realizing that we need honorable people or at least people who are going to do what they say they're going to do, Uh, and, and not lie through a whole election and then show up and govern a different way than how they ran. And then, uh, you know, not talk about how they want to govern and, and, and dodge all of the most important questions. If you're going to ask me what I think of the Minnehaha County auditors race, I'm not involved in that. And I'm going to dodge that question because I don't know all of the details about it. And I'll tell you that to your face. But if you want to ask me about what I want to do as a senator in District 4, if you ask me an honest question, I will give you an honest answer, and that's the way it should be, and that's the way I want to maintain myself, and that's the way I encourage people around me to maintain themselves.
1: Who determines what's an honest question? Do you or the the, the questioner?
0: If you're going to hand me a premise of, like I said, when did you stop beating your wife, <laughs> I'll determine that's a not an honest
1: question right there. Should uh, the presidential candidates be... Debating, than the next two debates. Did the first one
0: do any good? Did it move a needle at all? It was great television, (laughs) was it? (laughs) For a minute. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of people watch dumpster fires when they come up to. Hello, it's
1: called YouTube. (laughs) I know. It's called the nightly news, twenty-four hour cable. Well, I, uh,
0: I don't. This is going to put me out of touch with people, and I will lose votes. I do not watch television anymore at all.
1: Oh, oh there's the headline right there. Everybody. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, Is Joe Biden going to win? No. Why?
0: The Gallup Polling Organization puts out a poll at the bottom of their, uh, their, their poll. The, one of the last questions is, who do you think your neighbor's going to vote for? Okay. Or who do you think is going to win in your area? And that has predicted the winner of every presidential race that Gallup has ever done. And that was Trump, 56, Biden, 40.
1: But if you look at the top of Drudge... Which has, in the last 12 months, has changed, has changed drastically Yes, in in just its... I mean, Drudge, the Drudge Report is a headline-writing website. That's all they do. They yeah. link to stories and write headlines. The top of it, shock poll. Shock. Holy cow, shocker. Yeah, because they didn't talk Biden to any plus, real human beings. It says Biden plus 17, uh, 91% chance of winning. Four years ago.
0: Hillary Clinton had a 96% chance of winning and was up 21. So
1: do, do you think that the, the Democrats forgot what happened in 16?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I really think that they are so confident in what they think they are and what they think they've built that they are, are not grounded in reality. And there's unfortunately a lot of Republicans that are the same way. There is very little reality inside of Washington, D.C. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Because they're in a bubble, perhaps?
0: Yeah, they're they're in their own little bubble. They're, nobody there ever, 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 ever has to worry about not having enough money. If they don't have enough, they'll just print it or, or write the check and see what happens. Um, everybody who works for the government around them I mean, the the richest five counties in the United States of America are counties around D.C. That's wrong. Because that's where all the money is. People are drawn to money like uh, uh, flies go to sugar. I mean, it, it just... Not the Diet Coke, but the regular Coke. The regular Coke. <laughs> but there there's something wrong with that. And, you know, governments taking over too much of our lives. And the problem is,
1: self-government will not work without self-discipline. Should the social medias be censoring uh, dissenting opinion on um, COVID-19?
0: That's a business
1: decision. Do you think that's a business decision? Of Facebook? Yeah.
0: We're still using it. We're on it right now. We don't agree with a lot of the
1: decisions we're making, but we're still using it. We haven't yeah, but, come up with our own platform to compete we, with them. But if we start espousing uh, opinions that they don't hold, I already have <laughs> quite <laughs> but, a few but, of them. But specifically, when it comes to vaccinations, specifically the COVID vaccine, yeah, or anything COVID nineteen related, a lot of times if you say those words, if you if you tweet those words, uh, gone. I know.
0: I I did a post about COVID when we first passed this. Mm -hmm. Three people viewed it. Three. Three? Three. Because it had COVID in it, they held it up.
1: Well, we won't be putting that in this one. COVID. (laughs) COVID. You said it a lot. COVID. We we can't use the the website. COVID.
0: COVID COVID.sd.gov. Please go there. But maybe it's because I'm here to help, because I'm from the government.
1: Yeah, nice try. <laughs> um, the should the uh Republican held Senate be uh in the words of the Minnesota Public Radio, which I did listen to today, be rushing and
0: stayed awake doing it, that is an achievement.
1: <laughs> be rushing through a Supreme Court nomination.
0: There's a vacancy. Okay. Well, uh, my opinion on this is I believe that uh, this election is going to end up in the Supreme Court. What is more dangerous to the country, Uh, a 6-3 decision that's the decision that we have to live with, or a 4-4 forever mess that's going to drag on and on and on and on, not knowing who won? Think about that for a minute.
1: Well, if it's potentially a four-four, a or if it's four-four, then, then it's going to it's be a five-four. Five, four.
0: Okay, it'll be five-four. But there's a decision based in law, based in reality, based in our constitution, that a, a court challenge, let's say in Florida, that's never happened.
1: What is a hanging chair? Yes. Do I have one around here somewhere? Yeah.
0: So. I I think that's the main reason that that I was interested in it. But at the same time, there's precedent.
1: Okay. So back to my uh, other thought. Mm -hmm. Did the parties, both of them, set this up to go there with all this election meddling talk? Uh, Probably. And is that the reason that the right is so desperate to get that seat filled? No. And... Why the left is so adamant. I mean, Chuck Schumer said today that they will not provide a quorum for the vote. I know. So, so
0: here's the way I see it is uh, the right, the Republicans, uh, well, the right really wants to save our Constitution and find a way to keep this 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 incrementalism of government from taking over and making this country something it was not intended to be.
1: Okay, hold on one second. I don't know if I believe that for a second, based on how much that they have just printed money and thrown it out, regarding COVID. How does that make that gov- how does that keep valid- government small? That
0: doesn't keep government small. That is a very valid point. Uh, that is uh, that is political panic from people trying to seek re-election. Ah,
1: term limits. I don't people
0: agree with it, but but that's why we're here. They handed us this money, and we have to spend it. Or it's gone. Do you want to hand it back to the government so California can use it to pay off fire debts because they don't know how to manage a forest because you cannot cut down a tree? Or do we want to help South Dakotans that were affected by the virus?
1: Someone cut down that tree you're holding there.
0: There's a lot of principles of mine that I don't agree with a lot of the things that we had to do to do this. And if you're one of those who doesn't agree with accepting the money... Um. look at it this way. This is money from the federal government. Let's just pretend for a moment it's not borrowed from China. <laughs> this is money from the federal government to try and make things whole because they lost control of a virus one way or another.
1: Do you need to put on your mask no, at this I'm point?
0: Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Let's just... Batman, for, by the way, for, for those moment, that can't see. For a moment, let's just take a look at the fact that we have a problem, that we have a virus. This is how the federal government chose to address it. We have the money. We want to put it to good use within South Dakota, and we have come up with a way to help small business especially and to help our health care providers and to help the people that were most affected by the COVID-19 virus and we really want to get this money into the hands of those who need it most and we really think even if it violates a few of your long-standing principles of what government should or shouldn't do please apply for the help we want to get it to those who need it and there are people who believe they shouldn't get it who need it and we want you to apply Thank come, you get for, come get your fake
1: money. Get your monopoly money, everyone.
0: Woo! It still works right now, so we're going to use it. <laughs> well, <laughs> anything else you want to touch on before the election because I don't know if I'm going to have time to get back.
1: You probably won't.
0: Um, we uh
1: let's see what do I have? What do I have? What do I have? Do I
0: have? Anything else you need to bring up?
1: No. Okay. I mean, probably, but I, yeah. I mean, there's a million things things that
0: that we could talk about and we could go on forever. And I really enjoy my time here. Thank you for allowing me to come back here and and talk about the COVID and anything else you wanted to bring up. Because uh, anytime I ask for time, I know I'm going to get, you know, this. I really wish you were a mainstream journalist because you ask
1: honest, reflective questions. That's why I could never be. Because Most, probably. it can't happen. And, you you and,
0: don't fit an agenda. You don't fit a cookie cutter. We need to push this agenda today. And there's probably, I've, I've met a lot of reporters in my life, and I'd say you're among 10 people that are, are genuinely honest about wanting to know the truth about something or somebody, and I
1: appreciate that. I really do. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. My my, my goal is to give everyone that sits over there or on the the Zoom, depending on where they're at, uh, the opportunity to actually speak un-
0: unfettered. Mm-hmm. And I've managed to do it without uh, embarrassing myself
1: or you, so Mostly. for that I thank you. good job. You. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, it, it is getting late on this. Uh, I, I was going to try to play my um, my Art Bell music, but I just can't find it, so oh. you'll just have to imagine. For those of
0: you not and wasted your <laughs> life listening he, to he, Crystal he radios he, in the middle of the night.
1: Like George Nori does that show now, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, I think because Art still Bell out passed there. away, I believe. Art Bell passed away when I was still involved in radio, and uh, I'll tell you the amount of time driving late at night before satellite radio. Oh man, oh yep. Art Bell kept me awake absolutely listening yeah. to UFOs and and Wolfman <laughs> and and if you had and and that's the thing, Art Bell. And I'm not comparing you directly to Art Bell, but he was also an open-minded, honest journalist, and there was nothing off-limits with
1: mm-hmm. Art Bell. Yeah, Well, which is why he got, I mean, he got all the crazy, uh, <laughs> the il- crazy the alien people, I a mean, lot of Bigfoot. If, uh, I'd but... done,
0: if I'd done been abducted <laughs> by the UFO, I'd want to tell as many people as I could. So Art Bell, I'll tell you, Art, it was the scariest moment of my
1: life, Art. I, I will tell you, though. If you want to get an insight in some strange activity, uh, you need to look up David Polites. That guy has some insane uh, documentation on people going missing in very strange ways. To the point where at one point he was uh, talking to, I I think he was trying to interview a sheriff. And then the feds got involved, the FBI. And then they stopped talking to him. Oh, would that
0: be like, uh, 56 people who have mysteriously uh, committed suicide near Hillary Clinton? <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. Asking for a friend. I, I don't know. I don't know. If that's
1: Asking for a friend. <laughs> All right. This is the interview <laughs> podcast. I think we should call this one night. Yeah, we'll call it right there. Uh, Senator John Wick, you are up for a election If people like what you've done, um, uh, like I always say on this circle show, circle
0: the box next to my uh, circle the circle or yeah, circle color the, in the. That's circle. a great idea. Tell color them to do in, it wrong. Good no, choice. No, sorry. Color in the circle next to my name is what I was trying to say. It's late. Color in <laughs> so the circle much. next to my name. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm first on the ballot. How much did that cost? Nothing. <laughs>
1: Luck of the draw. I don't win much. <laughs> Senator John Wick, uh, you South Dakota Senator John Wick, uh, come back. I will. Again.
0: I enjoy it here. It's fun. I appreciate the honesty.
1: No. Well, we do we do our best here. The goal is to get people to talk, and I always say it's more important that you know what you believe and why you believe it than what it is.
0: Absolutely. So
1: anyway, this is the interview podcast.
0: Somebody just sent me a message. Uh oh. Oh. Wondering if I would like a new 12-gauge revolver that was released. I don't think I could hang on to it. Holy cow. Yeah. That'd be I'll show you pictures later.
1: <laughs> Jack Sparrow could do it. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <laughs> After a few bottles of rum. Oh. YmailBank.com is the website. We are on uh, iTunes. Uh, Ymilblank at gmail.com if you have any questions. Uh, or comments if you want to help support the show or get your voice on the show uh, do reach out we uh we're always looking for more stories to tell and everyone has a story Uh, like we always say in the political realm do all of your own research and then go vote have a great day thanks so much for listening thank you absolutely